Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When it comes to video games, every single title, no matter the genre, aims to hit the market and make an impact both critically and commercially. But in an ocean of other titles all vying for our attention and, and indeed money, the question of how to stay afloat is often a pertinent one. Enter the USP, or the gimmick of each game that makes it stand out from the rest in some form or another. Whether it's an interesting take on traversal from point A to B, a blend of gameplay mechanics that makes for a tasty new stew that gamers can simmer with the hours, or just a brand new slant that does away with traditions in favor of something dramatically different. In short, if a game offers something fresh and pushes it hard in the marketing, chances are that there will be more eyes on the product come launch. However, this focus on one specific aspect does come with extra scrutiny of this feature, and sometimes these metaphorical spears can be blunted and indeed shattered if the one major feature isn't up to par. So let's take a look at them. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are eight video games that botched their major selling points. Number 8. Drug-Fueled Combat Haze Now there was a time where each first-person shooter that came out carried with it the underslung slogan of being a Halo killer. Such was Microsoft's beefy dominance over the genre at the time. And so in order to ride Master Chief's wake instead of being sucked under it, many titles tried weird and wacky things to get into the public eye. Enter Haze, which promised something quite unlike all of the beige and boring shooters that were being churned out. That here, in this sci-fi setting, you would play a soldier so pumped full of combat drugs that it would alter your reality to the extent that war itself would be presented as a game. Obviously, this take on combat garnered a ton of interest, as not only was the player able to act like a super soldier in these sections, gunning down enemies with ease and being shot full of adrenaline at the same time, but also because it carried with it a horrible message of the link between brainwashing and conflict itself. Would this game turn out to be a critique of war while also being overtly fun to play? Well, we'll never really know because the game ditched this massive selling point not three missions in, taking away the combat drugs and power armor as you switch sides to the under equipped rebellion forces, in turn sapping the fun and the USP from the title completely. Number 7. The Renbu System Dynasty Warriors 6 now, speaking as a man who has lost more than his fair share of thumb skin to this series, when it comes to mindless button-bashing goodness, there ain't no better time than a good Dynasty Warriors session. Being able to pick a super-powered warrior out of the pages of legend and then use them to blast foes into absolute myths is a true joy. And even though the devs have essentially been selling the same game to us for decades now, I, alongside so many others, just can't wait to smear enemies across the battlefield time and time again. And this is all down to how 
satisfying the combat is. It's simplistic and repetitive, but altogether enjoyable. Therefore, it was with some apprehension that we approached Dynasty Warriors 6, which announced loudly across all of its marketing that it would be mixing things up. Gone were the chaining of light and heavy attacks, and in its place was the Renbu system, which offered, in its own words, infinite combos. Now, those two words normally would be an utter dream to a Dynasty Warriors fan, but here, thanks to nobody foreseeing that combat on just one button would get tiresome, and that placing enemies far apart enough so that your combo would wind down and reduce you to basic attacks again, meant that we were left with an experience so shallow that an ant would struggle to drown in it, and therefore became a title that pretty much all Dynasty Warriors fans just skipped over entirely. Cheers for that. Number 6. The Campaign Mode Star Wars Battlefront 2 Thanks to the critical mauling that EA took, and rightfully deserved might I add, for Battlefront 2's abysmal approach to its loot box centric mindset, a lot of ire was focused on the online aspect of this title. However, lurking in the shadows was another colossal disappointment that many seemed to glaze over. I'm speaking of course about the much hyped campaign mode, which was marketed heavily before release as being one of the main reasons to even purchase this title. Thanks to EA's original Battlefront not shipping with any single player component outside of some very basic encounters, the team promised that this sequel would not only receive a lengthy campaign, but would also show a story from the dark side, with you playing a character embedded within the Galactic Empire. This piqued interest across the board as many were keen to see how working under the heel of such an oppressive organization would play out, and the marketing heavily suggested that you would be committing some pretty heinous acts across your time with Aiden. Unfortunately, it appeared that the devs got cold feet about two missions in, as your character almost immediately renounces the Empire to join the Rebels, and your standard underdog story then plays out. It's such a shame that a brilliant concept such as this was jettisoned so quickly because a longer look at the horrors of the Empire that then could lead to an eventual turn to the light side would have felt far more impactful, but that's not what we got. Number 5. The Batmobile Sections Batman Arkham Knight Be careful what you wish for. This seemed to be the message that Rocksteady really wanted fans of their Batman games to get to learn as boy howdy did they give fans what they'd been bugging them for years to include, but did so in such a gluttonous way that we were fit to burst before the midpoint of the game. I'm speaking of course about the now infamous Batmobile sections, something that Arkham Knight had touted heavily as a key selling point in the run-up to launch. After Arkham Asylum had shown the Batmobile out of action and City had favoured gliding over gear shifting, the fanbase was begging for a chance to get behind the wheel. However, thanks to an overabundance of these sections, featuring admittedly the coolest car in all of time, we were sick of the bloody thing before too long. Riddler races, tank combat, sections that forced the use of the vehicle to solve problems, it was all too much after a while, mainly due to how the car handled, slipping and sliding all over the place, so much so that it felt completely disconnected from the game world at times. While many of us jumped at the chance to burn rubber, we were grinding gears not just a few hours in. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Number four, the Nemesis system, kinda. Middle Earth Shadow of War. Whoa, 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 hold on there, fella. Put that pitchfork down a second and let me explain. For the record, I love both Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, especially the much-touted Nemesis system, which creates unique and varied mini-boss encounters and in turn keeps the experience fresh and engaging at all times. After all, who can forget that one time where you shamed an Auric captain so much that he literally lost his mind, or one that escaped defeat only to come back scarred, burned, and full of fury? Those moments? Ah, chef kiss, my friend. But being stuck on a betrayal chain? Oh god, that can get cast into Mount Doom, my friend. This is the one area where the Nemesis system stumbles, in that it's very possible for your Thrall captains to betray you at random points in the game. Which sounds brilliant in practice, but it can become an utter ball ache while playing. Shadow of War becomes a constant slog against these jumped up Judases and could quite literally cost you hours of work as they cheekily stab you in the back. Worse still, some silly sausage on the dev team didn't think to maybe limit these betrayals to one an hour or something because it was very possible for multiple betrayals to happen all at once, in turn morphing a wonderful mechanic into something of a grind. They had perfected it the first time round, but with these additions, they kind of botched it. Number 3. The Actual Fear Back for Blood I hate how much I want to love Back for Blood, as I truly, truly want this game to be better than it is. However, as much as I can look over the iffy card system and the actually impossible challenge that is getting through a single level on the harder difficulties thanks to special infected spawn rates going through the bloody roof, there is just one thing that I can't ignore, which ironically seems to be the one facet that Turtle Rock Studios seems to have done, and that is the fact that this bloody horror game has no element of fear whatsoever. 
I get it that in a title as over-the-top as this that some levity is going to be included as part of the package, but thanks to horrendous missteps like missing audio cues, lack of suspense, and repetitious level design omissions, players never get placed into that one emotional state that made the likes of Left 4 Dead so appealing, and lest we not forget, this was the market that Back 4 Blood was catering to, fans who were itching for anything close to the beloved pair of Valve games. Here, when waves of enemies are downed easily and the special enemies spawn so frequently that you don't even have time to build any tension, Back for Blood becomes a whirling dervish of gore and little else. This is a true shame because in the run-up to its launch, it was one of its key selling points. As it stands now, this is a game that will maybe burn brightly for some, but so quickly for others as there just isn't any substance beneath the surface. Number 2. Parkour Traversal Brink When Brink was first announced, it managed to create a significant groundswell in a few key areas, each of which looked to elevate it above the typical FPS fodder. For one, its art style was reminiscent of the gangly, cartoonish characters that one might find in a Time Splitters title, which immediately drew attention. And secondly, you'd see this whirlwind of limbs run, jump, and clamber all over the map thanks to the heavily touted parkour system. The idea behind this traversal mechanic was that it would turn regular camping spots into exposed locations by having players vault up over obstacles and, in turn, create dynamic firefights. So how did they fail with this? Well, weirdly, they didn't, as this mechanic is by far the best part of the game. However, what the issue here was is that the gameplay itself completely destroyed the parkour elements, as the levels never felt designed to exploit this feature properly, and as the majority of the modes revolved around securing objects and defending locations, it meant that players just ended up slowly moving around key areas rather than sprinting off into the ether. All of this boiled down to a great mechanic that was sabotaged by every other aspect of the title. It's kind of impressive how they did that. And number one, terrible stealth mechanics. Left Alive. Oh, Left Alive, how expertly you managed to burn us all. Now, a little preamble to set up why this game was such a colossal disappointment. Now, when this title was announced by Square Enix, a fair few eyebrows were raised, as it turned out that Left Alive was going to center on political espionage, feature towering robots, and was pushing stealth-centric gameplay over out-and-out firefights. Sound familiar? Well, in case the Metal Gear similarities weren't hammered home hard enough, the publisher even got legendary artist and Metal Gear mainstay, Yoji Shinkawa to design the box art and character profiles. Subtle this was not, which unfortunately applied to its gameplay as well. For a title that was so keen to advertise stealth and trap-based combat, Left Alive sure did love having enemies that could spot you from a mile away and instantly home in on you should you make a single mistake, resulting in prolonged and beleaguered firefights. This was about as far removed from a stealth game as you could get, and turned what should have been a sneak and stab title into one that slipped on a comedy banana peel and crashed into a box of air horns, abysmally unsubtle across the board. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.